Hi, this is Annie. And you're listening to Stuff Mom Never Told You. A lot of you have written in lately asking about this whole sexy Halloween costume debate. Why is it so common among female costumes, costumes for women? And this is a question that roared its sexy head uh, (laughs) when a couple of weeks ago, online retailer Yandy removed a, quote, brave red maiden costume after a lot of public pushback. If the name isn't clear, it was a sexy Handmaid's Tale costume. The description read, An upsetting dystopian future has emerged where women no longer have a say. However, we say be bold and speak your mind in this brave red maiden costume featuring a red mini dress, matching cloak with attached hood, and a white bonnet headpiece. Pantyhose not included. So it was this super skimpy, sexy Handmaid's Tale costume. And um, like if you... To avoid copyright issues, they don't call it that, but from the first line, an upsetting dystopian future has emerged where women no longer have a say. A lot of people read that as also they were just used, they were raped and just used to carry children. But we say be bold and speak your mind. So um, there was a lot of backlash, as you might guess, um, considering the subject matter of the show. A lot of people pointed out that it was at best tone deaf. Or as one Twitter user put it, I can't decide if this misses the point of The Handmaid's Tale or encapsulates it completely. And yeah, some people defended the costume as pretty much The Handmaid's Tale taken to its ultimate conclusion, or that it took something about repressing women and turned it into something empowering. Um, Still others said, well, there's sexy nun costumes. I don't see why you're getting so upset about sexy Handmaid's Tale costumes. Um, A lot of you wrote in and said that that it was mostly men making those kinds of comments. Um, The company pulled the costume with this statement. Over the last few hours, it has become obvious that our Yandy Brave Red Maiden costume is being seen as a symbol of women's oppression rather than an expression of women's empowerment. This is unfortunate as it was not our intention on any level. They said they got the inspiration from protesters surrounding Brett Kavanaugh, which is a very interesting place to get your inspiration for a sexy Halloween costume. As as Halloween fast approaches and as a lot of you have questions surrounding these sexy Halloween costumes, we thought that we would rerun this classic episode to hopefully clarify some things. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. This is Molly. And I'm Kristen. Kristen, today is our Halloween episode. Halloween! And, uh, you know, we've already gotten one costume from a listener. Our listener, Bailey, wrote us after the Gorilla Girls podcast and said she was going to be free to call which I think is pretty cool. That's a good one. That's a good one. I think it'd be cool just to be a gorilla girl for Halloween. Yeah, you could just wear a gorilla mask. It would be, I think, a lot of explaining to people, you know. Not explaining, Molly. Educating. Educating, that's true. What are you going to be for Halloween? I'm going to be President Taft. Yeah. I will be rolled around all night in a bathtub. (laughs) 
and it'll be great. It sounds like you get to use a lot of pillows for that costume, which I think would be fun because then we just get tired at a party. I'm just going to call up Amy Sedaris, let her uh, ask her if I can borrow her fat suit. Nice. And uh, then I'm going to get, yeah, you know, call up a buddy with a... with A, a monocle? Yes, my my friend uh, Jim, who wears a monocle everywhere. And a top hat. And a top hat, yes. Monocle Jim, that's what I call him. Now, I think that the inevitable question for a lady around Halloween time is, if you said to me, I'm going to be President Taft, I'd, I'd make a joke and be like, ha, are you going to be sexy President Taft? Yeah, is there any unsexy President Taft is what I would respond, <laughs> Molly. And that's because the topic of today's uh, podcast related to Halloween, as requested on Facebook, is sexy and racy Halloween costumes for women. Why are women always expected to wear a sexy costume? Yeah, and we got to go ahead and just throw out this term because even the New York Times has used this slutoween. And that's the only time we're going to say it. Yeah, because Molly and I are big fans of the word slut, but it comes up a lot around Halloween because... If you go into a costume shop or go online and you look at women's costumes, we all know this. This is an old, old media story we're talking about, folks. Everyone knows about, you know, oh, do you want to be sexy pirate, sexy nurse, sexy farmer, sexy astronaut? Everything is sexy. Can I can we go through a few of the of the costumes? Because it just they're so funny. Like I just I do think that there's an element of humor in some of these. Yeah, there's some of them be. are are so are so ridiculous because it's such a stretch. Sexy SpongeBob. Oh yeah. Sexy Nemo. Sexy Nemo. Now listen, people. Nemo is a clownfish, and he changes sex, biological sex, uh, frequently. That was not explored in the Disney movie, but <laughs> I've done a little research on clownfish. So just throw out that factoid if you're going to be sexy Nemo. Boom. All right, this is my favorite, Kristen, and if we decide to do, you know, a duo costume, uh-huh. I kind of want you to be the sexy Michelangelo to my sexy Leonardo. That's right. There are sexy Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle costumes. Oh, wow. Um, racy Robin Hood. That, that ringing bell for you? All, yeah, and you know, I, you know what I like about this list of sexy costumes is these are all male characters, too. That's true. Well, here's another thing that kind of struck me, Kristen, is there's a lot of sexy police officers, sexy firefighters, um, sexy soldiers. Mm-hmm. And I think that these are professions that we typically think of as male-dominated. Yeah. Yet when it comes to Halloween, we're perfectly fine having women be soldiers. We can't have them be soldiers the rest of the year. Yeah. We still won't let them serve an act of duty. But if they're willing to be sexy when they're soldiers. Maybe, yeah, maybe if uh, they started wearing sexier uniforms. <laughs> hey, I think, I think I just stumbled on a gold mine. <laughs> yeah, I want you write your congressperson with that. Yes. Yeah. Um, there, are some, there are some female ones, too. And even the most unsexy females can be made into uh, to sexy Halloween costumes. Let's hear them. Sexy Wednesday Adams. Okay, all Wednesday right. Adam, Wednesday Adams, I don't think, was ever going for, for goth. Yeah. Obviously French maid. Yeah. That's a big one. Pirate wench. Pirate wench, very common. So, um, oh, here's one. Sexy Amelia Earhart. Oh, man, really? Yes. <sighs> it, she was. I saw the costume. She's wearing just kind of like booty shorts and thigh-high boots and then just like a bra aviator style. Wow. And the goggles, obviously. That makes me kind of sad. Well, it's kind of funny just because I think at the end of this costume, we're going to try and think of some more women-friendly, empowering costumes. And I think Amelia Earhart is one that a lot of people would have thrown out. Yeah. But someone's already sexied her up. (laughs) Yeah. Well, everything at this point basically has been sexied up. And by now, it's established fact that Halloween is 
dominated by this sexy parade of costumes, granted. And it sets the blogs all aflutter. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got to weigh in on this this concept of whether it's good for women, bad for women, good for girls, bad for girls. And, you know, there's a line in Mean Girls where she goes, um, Halloween's the one night we can dress up as a slut and no other girls can say anything about it. Right. You can't be judged for it because it's Halloween. And that's just not true anymore. Because it seems like everyone has some sort of opinion on it. You have sites like Maxim saying, yeah, this is awesome. I love this. I wish it were Halloween every day. <laughs> and then you have sites like Jezebel saying, OMG, ladies, what are we doing? Even though Jezebel would say it way cooler than that. <laughs> but, you know, it's like it's still kind of a um, catch-22 for women because, mm-hmm. yeah, I would I would say that Mean Girls does have it right because it is, at this point, pretty accepted for women to bear all on Halloween. But it still comes, I think, with some judgment but my big question is when we were talking about doing this podcast was is there some way to figure out when all of this came about when did we just start cutting the midriffs out of costumes and parading around in booty shorts i mean because it's cold (laughs) on halloween my goal by the way when i think of halloween costumes is not really appearance so much as warmth which is, which is why Taft is an excellent choice. Which is, have you ever worn a fat suit? They are warm. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be very handy for your trick-or-treating. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a 2006 article in the New York Times, and one lady who deals in costumes, her theory as to why we, why we have this sexy market is because of baby boomers. Mm-hmm. That, you know, Halloween used to be very much this homemade holiday for children. Yes. And all they did was trick-or-treat, and that was, that was it for Halloween. You waited for the Great Pumpkin if you were in a Charlie Brown, Brown cat cartoon, but that's it. But she claims that as these baby boomers grew up, they did not want to let go of Halloween and no. it became a time to throw parties for adults and uh, it became less about kids. And, you know, I don't know if I agree with that, but that's one that's one theory. Yeah, I think that it, Halloween has definitely become an adult holiday. Of course, we love to see the little kitties parading around in their adorable costumes. But and then we want candy. them to go to bed. But we want them to go to bed. So we can drink some adult beverages. We can drink spiked cider and... Um, and eat candy and still? Per- Is that okay? Uh, pff, are you kidding? Of Probably not if okay. you're wearing a skin-revealing costume. Even better, I say. <laughs> but But I still like the candy part of Halloween. Now, of course, in true Stuff Mom Never Told You style, we did find a scholarly article on gender and Halloween costumes, people. And I believe she writes in the intro that this is the only study she knows of that is about gender and Halloween costumes. The title of said paper is The Pink Dragon is Female. Halloween costumes and gender markers. Spooky. (laughs) And the reason that this comes, the reason this is going to be relevant is because, you know, it's one thing, I think, if adult women want to choose to wear something that's revealing. You know, that's sort of, I think, the essence of feminism is you can choose what you want to do with your body. If you want to be a sexy firefighter, do it. If you want to be a fully clothed firefighter, do it. That's that's probably not the issue. And there are a lot of women who who enjoy just like that night of exhibitionism. Sure. You don't normally wear sexy, you know, firefighter outfits the rest of the year. So if you're really into that do it. And also, I will say the one thing if you, you know, if you choose to wear a scandalous Halloween costume, you might be able to get more of a pass because you're surrounded by people in scandalous Halloween costumes. So it's not like you're just going to be standing out in the crowd. Yeah, so it is a nice time for people who want to explore that side of themselves. Want to show that. off some flesh? Show off some flesh. So there, are, you'll find just as many rationales like that on the internet as you'll find the, uh, oh my gosh, what is what has feminism done to us? But 
I think it gets more troubling when you look at what the little children are doing because the Washington Post had this article that basically followed around 11-year-olds and their moms through a party city, and they could not find anything that was not sexied up for an 11-year-old to wear. Yeah, and specifically 11-year-old girls because the boys are going to be superheroes, going to be Spider-Man, they're going to be the fully clothed uh, <laughs> firefighter, they're going to be Power Rangers if those are still cool. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you're now you're naming costumes from like 1993. <laughs> but I'm dating myself. <laughs> and uh, today, though, for girls, the whole kind of slut idea has trickled down to the kids' market. And that's I think that's what really bothers people. Yeah. If these, you can't get, like, a really cool, like, M&M costume when you're 11, I think there's something wrong with society. Slutty M&M. Sexy cat. <laughs> but, uh, that, and that was the point of this Washington Post article where all of these horrified parents following their daughters around who wanted to be French maids. <laughs> I know. And sexy Bo Peep. But even to be like a rock star, you had to buy like a bare midriff outfit and like right. these thigh high boots. I mean, it's it's just every costume that could just be cool becomes sexy. And that's why we're going to turn to this paper, The Pink Dragon is Female by A.D. Nelson, because she argues that we are the ones setting our kids up for this. Yeah. And she claims that this has really been we've kind of been leading up to this point because of gender markers in children's Halloween costumes. So get ready to look at every children's Halloween costume with a with a with just a disgusted look. Because what she does is she looks at 469 children's Halloween costumes. Which sounds kind of fun. I would have been in this study. We always talk about the studies we wouldn't do. I'd do this we one. We'd do this one. So she looks at all these Halloween costumes and she basically identifies them as uh, aimed towards girls based on whether there's a girl in the picture, the costume is pink or another traditional girl color. Or whether it is, you know, just like a dress. It's obviously aimed for girls. Mm -hmm. She does the same for what the ones that are aimed at the boys. And then she does gender neutral. And gender neutral, she kind of identifies as you can't see the kids' shoes. or if I mean, you can, but it's not like high heels or ballet flats. Right. Or there's a picture of both a boy and a girl wearing the costume. Things like food that can't be turned into a cookie. Gender. Pepperoni pizza. She names the pepperoni pizza costume like four times in this paper. <laughs> and I am on the lookout for that costume. But as you might guess, no gender neutral costumes really exist. Very few. Yeah, out of the giant pool of costumes, she found 195 masculine costumes, 233 feminine costumes. And only 41 gender-neutral costumes. And I think it, it's important to point out that these are not just also not just like the packages of costume you can just buy ready-made. She also looks at patterns at craft stores. So you would think that those, you know, are, I would think they'd be a little bit more just sort of neutral. Like mm -hmm. here's a M and M you can make, but I mean it shows on the pattern. For example, the girl wearing the green M and M, who's feminine in the commercials, and the boys wearing like the red and yellow M and Ms, which are male in the commercials. Sure, because a little boy might not be too jazzed about the prospect of his mom or dad making a costume with a little girl on the pattern. Right. So even in just you know the ones you make yourself that you can put your own stamp on, those are also very commonly um, recognized by the gender they're meant for. Nelson then classifies these costumes in terms of whether it's a hero, a villain, or a fool. Because obviously a lot of kids' costumes are superheroes, evil witches, things like that. And she makes the point that a lot of the descriptors for the boys' costumes, both hero and villain, are powerful words. You know, you're a strong man, superhero, <laughs> king, 
whereas the girls' costumes are usually described with more diminutive adjectives or almost erotic adjectives. Yeah, a beautiful bride. Yes. A lovely witch. Even the witches have to be lovely. Yeah, a pretty little witch, cute, cuddly, bewitched, little skullgirl, midnight madness. You know, like, they, yeah, you, you have this little kid who wants to be a skull girl. Mm-hmm. But you're a little skull girl. You're a little tiny skull girl. <laughs> Whereas, obviously, if a guy, if, if a little boy wants to be skull boy, uh, you know, it's going to be like, wicked skull boy. Wicked, scary skull boy. So, uh, you know, Nelson makes this argument that from the time kids are toddlers, toddlers is when she starts seeing these patterns emerge. Infant costumes are pretty gender neutral. But by the time kids are toddlers, that's when they start getting these descriptions of um, descriptions attached to their costumes, which put them in these boxes pretty early on. And she says, you know, despite the fact that she found more feminine costumes, Mm -hmm. there are fewer types of feminine costumes than there are male costumes. The men, you know, just goes on and on forever in terms of monsters and superheroes and jobs and clowns and animals. Whereas, I mean, they're pretty much... Five groups for girls. Princess, beauty queen, bride, cheerleader, dancer. Yeah. That's it. So she says pretty early on we're teaching women and little girls that Halloween is about looking beautiful and looking the way a stereotypical, every single, you know, gender norm attached to it woman looks. And so Nelson's theory about this whole idea of adult sexy costumes is that it starts with the kids. And it's also partially the Halloween industry's fault. And our, I guess our fault for buying them because as all the costume makers said, Adam and Lee was like, they're our biggest sellers. Yeah, they're the most popular. That's the thing. We're going to, you know, a lot, of, a lot of us will disparage this slew of sexy costumes and how impossible it can be to find, not find an unsexy costume if you're a woman. But they're putting all of them out there because they sell. Yeah. We're buying them. Someone's buying them. Someone's buying them. So I guess the question is, is it really a bad thing if all of if, if so many women are dressing up in sexy costumes? I mean, I want to hear from listeners, male and female, on on this issue, because I'm I'm honestly a little bit torn. You know, my knee jerk feminist reaction is cover up. Can we please get some more Susan B. Anthony's out here? Some Betty Friedan's? I'm going to be a sexy suffragette, Kristen. A sexy suffragette, yeah. Or perhaps maybe I will, you know, be a sexy cop and yet it would be an ironic sexy cop. Well, that's what that's what I'll carry on the feminine mystique (laughs) in my tool belt. That's what the New York Times argues is that you can do it with some sort of camp or humor that that up upends all these uh, gender stereotypes, but I don't think you want to be the person at the Halloween party going around saying, "Oh yeah, this is ironic." <laughs> this is totally ironic. <laughs> but there was a blog that we found saying that uh, we need to stop disparaging. You know, like I said, all these sexy female costumes, and she points to a lot of the feminist blogs that every every year around this time put up their photo galleries of of horror of all of these terrible demeaning women's costumes but she says you know what in terms of sex positive feminism we should own this holiday to yeah show it off if we want to show it off what's wrong with that so that's what we want your feedback on the second thing as promised we're going to end with some ideas that have been on the internet for feminist costumes yeah and also mel i don't think you're getting out of this episode scot-free without sharing your costume idea i'm not sure yet i really do kind of like the sexy suffragette idea all right
just be, so just, can't, be. can't that be ironic if I go around and give fun facts about how women <laughs> got the vote? Or if you can't think of anything, you can help me by pushing around my bathtub on wheels. That'd be, that'd be fun. I can be your vice president. Yes. But here are a few things. This, this first list is from Anna Mater, who writes for the St. Louis uh, Examiner. Her ideas are Rosie the Riveter, Wonder Woman, which can be kind of sexed up, unfortunately, yeah. um, Cleopatra, Joan of Arc, Amelia Earhart, which unfortunately we know can be sexed up. Um, how about a little more current? How about, uh, you know, Justice Kagan? Carry around a baseball bat or softball bat. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think, one of her most identifiable features. Yeah. I think Sotomayor, Kagan. Yeah. Judicial robe. There we go. Don't, don't try and be a sexy Supreme Court <laughs> judge. I just think there's so much wrong with that. Um, she throws out Octomom. So you could do some uh, pop culture gals. Okay. I, yeah. I've seen a few funny Octomoms in Halloween's past. I think that's a little, I think that's a little, uh, Is that played out? It's a little 2009, if you ask me. Carmen San Diego. I've seen some good Carmen San Diego. So that's an excellent costume. Pretty classic. Um, and then we have another list, Gloria Steinem. Yeah. And then if you do want to be sexy, you can be Gloria Steinem when she went undercover at Playboy. See, there we go. So if you're going to be a Playboy bunny, please be the Gloria Steinem. <laughs> Ellen Ripley from Alien. That would be fun. Empowering. Gem and the Holograms. I've wanted to be Gem for a long time. So those are a few of the ideas out there on the internet for feminist costumes. We'd love to hear yours or just hear about the cool, funny, uh, spooky things you're going to be for Halloween. And uh, the email address to send all that to. And pictures if you feel like it. Yeah. Momstuff at HowStuffWorks.com. And let's read a few emails. I have one from Deadra, and this is from the uh, Boy Why Boys Don't Play the Harp okay. uh, podcast. So, gender musical instruments, and this one caught my eye, Kristen, because the subject line was called "No Farts in the Flute Section." What? Whoa! <laughs> she writes, "Our school band was huge. In high school, we had three separate bands, with the smallest being maybe 50, and the largest easily 100. In the four years I was there, there was always at least a little gender diversity." A boy or two in the flute and clarinet section, a couple of girls in the trombone section, and lots of girls scattered throughout the percussion and brass. I don't think there was a lot of overt prejudice against students playing opposite gendered instruments, but there were a few jokes going around because about the boys being effeminate. I honestly think it was a little more difficult for the girls, though, if only because they were stuck sitting next to boys, who in high school are so immature and annoying. It took a certain kind of girl to sit surrounded by guys in their guy humor for what could be hours at a time. I liked hanging out with them, but I was always happy to go back to my section. You can only handle so many penis jokes and spitballs. Well, if you have thoughts to share with us, you can email us at momstuff at howstuffworks.com. You can also share it on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter if you like. And, of course, you can check out our blog during the week. It's Stuff Mom Never Told You, and you can find it at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Stuff Works.